Welcome to the Bike Life Podcast by Warm Showers Foundation, where we will be sharing knowledge, experience, tools, and stories of touring cyclists and hosts from around the world. I'm Tauber Lee, the woman behind the scenes at Warm Showers Foundation, the leading platform for cyclists looking for hosts and to connect with a passionate international community. Find out more by visiting us at warmshowers.org. Now, on to the show. Today, we have Tara with us, an avid outdoor enthusiast, a U.S. Marine Corps veteran, a mother, a wife, and a lover of Christ. Thanks for being here, Tara. Thank you for having me, Taverly. This is great. I've been so excited for us to have this discussion because you have done some big things in your bike touring, actually in your life as a whole, but in your bike touring, you have experienced some amazing, amazing facets of exploration and pushing your own edges of what's possible in touring solo by yourself. And I can't wait to hear your story. So let's start with, tell us a little bit about about you, the woman, the mother, the lover of Christ. <laughs> well, uh, as you stated in the intro, uh, the outdoors is a huge passion of mine. Uh, it's been that way ever since uh, I served in the United States Marine Corps. Uh, that's That was my first kind of access to just doing a lot of activities out in nature and then learning how to um, become one with nature and survive. It was on a different scale of survival. You know, there's no one... Um, Hopefully no one shooting at me or doing anything like that while I'm riding my bike. But um, it, it really got me started. It gave me a lot of my courage and motivation to be able to step out into this um, somewhat lonely space of bicycle touring as a solo person. Um, and so that's just a little bit about me and my avid out, outdoor adventure. But I just really like to try everything that my heart calls me to do. And I never give up on it. I, I will give it a shot and and kind of see how it goes. If I don't like it, I won't do it again. But it has opened the doors for some pretty incredible things to happen just by not being afraid of trying it. I love it. Tell me about your first uh, like overnight tour or a longer tour. Like what was your, <laughs> when was your first experience? So your, your heart was calling you to do this for a little while and then you decided to do it and try. And what was yes. that like? And when? So uh, it actually, my, my very first trial was overnight to my daughter's college in Oshkosh, which is about 60 miles from where I live. And I honestly didn't know what I was doing, but I bought a bike. I bought all of my bags. I loaded them up with heavy stuff because I thought that's what I was supposed to do. None of it was relevant. And I biked 60 miles and I could not bike home the next day because I was so sore and I was just completely clueless. So I phoned a friend. Um, but that that overnight experience really gave me uh, the courage to reach out and learn more. And so I started following different bike touring uh, sites, uh, like um, Bike Pack Touring uh, is one on Facebook that Facebook that I follow. And it kind of gave me the courage to plan an actual bike tour. So I was looking at doing something about um, three to five days. And I'd planned this tour around uh, Lake Michigan. So I started in Northern Wisconsin, the Two Rivers area. And I cycled down to uh, the Milwaukee Ferry. So from there, I took the ferry across to Muskegon, Michigan. And then I 
cycled back north, the northern coast of Michigan until I reached uh, Ludington, Michigan, where I took the SS Badger Ferry back across to Wisconsin. So kind of just like a square of a trip around Lake Michigan involving two ferries and a lot of warm showers host. <laughs> um, so, um, you know, there are so many things that gave me the courage to do that. Um, one is the warm showers host because I felt like I would be surrounded by uh, kindness and then I'd also be surrounded by education because I wasn't really um, necessarily adapt to bicycle touring. I didn't know what I was doing and I didn't see a lot of people like me doing it. I didn't see a lot of women doing it solo. I didn't see a lot of any black people doing it, period. And I'm venturing off into uh, this new territory. And not only am I doing it solo, but I'm doing it during COVID. Um, This was actually my kind of COVID get out of my head tour. Like I had originally always planned on doing it with someone else. Um, But then that person was affected by COVID. And I said, you know what? If I wait on people, other people, I'm never going to do anything that I want to do when it's related to bicycle touring. Like no one wants to go on long trips with me. (laughs) No one like it's like I just said, do it. Just do it. And that's what happened. I did it during COVID. I did it solo. um, And I did it based on literally warm showers host and how I could bounce from one to the next and be supported. That's literally how I play my route by warm showers host. Mm, That is such an amazing story. And it's so interesting that you were able to like shed the need to have somebody else with you, like to just really embrace it. And and it was probably meant to be that way for you to be comfortable because you had a bigger tour coming Mm -hmm. that you were going to do. And so you, you tested out what it was going to feel like, and I'm sure you learned a ton. Yes. Uh, Well, I learned so much um, just as an individual. um, I'd always kind of consider myself to be a, a strong mind and strong will, but when you're out solo, um, I, I found that I appreciated being alone more than I probably would have being with someone else. Um, I learned that people are genuinely kind. Like I kind of was able to, I was able to shed some negativity that, you know, you see it going on in the world that you see on the news constantly. It's like you turn on the news every morning, it's negative, negative, negative. People are doing this, that, or the other. And in uh, and, and one aspect, it kind of makes you feel afraid to do certain things like, oh, I'm going to go bike down the street and everybody's like, oh, be safe. I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, but I learned kindness in the kindness, like through the kindness, I learned how to do physical things with my bike. Like I learned bike maintenance. I learned little tricks um, that, you know, involves dishwashing soap when you're trying to put a tire back on and make sure, you know, all of these like little things that people would help me out in the time of need. Um, and I mean, I, I learned so much. I learned that derailers have locks on them and, you know, all of those little things. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was just, it was phenomenal. And, and so what inspired you after that to plan the trip that I think you just recently took, right? From Wisconsin to Washington, D.C.? Uh, yes, correct. So, uh, what inspired me is, you know, the ability to do all of those things that I just said, to be free on my bike, to kind of unplug. Um, when I finished my 
very first, maybe my second tour, um, I came back with the vision for myself that I wanted to write a book and I did it. Um, and then I went out on a different little short trip and I came back inspired to do something else within my life and I did it. And so I was like, my time on my bike is a time where mm. I can kind of visualize my future and I can kind of figure out what the next step is for me. Creation. And it's tr- like it's creation, truly a vacation. Right. Yeah. Or creation, right? Creation of what's to come. And I didn't mean to interrupt you, so go ahead. But the word creation is like, wow, you, that was your creation time when you were on your bike. Yes. Uh, No, I appreciate that because creation is truly what it was. And and, and that's what happened. And it it allowed my thoughts to be free and not be shut down. Cause I'm a person who vocalizes what I'm thinking. Right. And, uh, for one, for uh, me, it, it keeps me accountable. It's like, if I say I'm going to do something, I say it out loud and I do it. Um, and so sometimes when you vocalize your thoughts and they're not complete, they get shut down. Um, but me on my bike alone with my thoughts gives them time to air out and gives them time for me to kind of troubleshoot. And when I, when I come back, I'm ready to say what I'm doing. And I don't know. So that's kind of what inspired me to plan a trip. And I knew that I wanted more time. So I had only ever done about a six day trip. And I thought I'd love to do a two or three week tour, um, just to kind of see how that's, you know, what that's like, because eventually I feel like I want to uh, bike bike across the country and then eventually, you know, bike in other countries. Uh, so I need to kind of piece this out. And so that's what started it. And um, the biggest iconic thing that was on my calendar in my future was something called the Black Girls Do Bike National Meetup. And that uh, prior to COVID took place in a different location every year. And then when COVID happened, it was put on hold. It couldn't no longer happen in person. Uh, So this was the very first year that it was happening again in person. And I was like, I am going. Mm -hmm. Um, But when I looked at the calendar, I was like, I don't have time to go to that event and do the two or three week bike tour. And I literally woke up the next morning and said, I'll just bike to Pittsburgh. That'll be the plan. And so that would have been exactly two weeks. And the probably two hours later, I said, I need to bike all the way to DC because mm-hmm. I'm already in Pittsburgh. There's this beautiful Gap Trail and CNO Trail right there. Um, who would like go that far and not do it? So that's how the plan came about. Um, I came to work, I got it on the calendar, I got it all squared away, and I literally started just, um, I had already been on my bike a lot. So training for it is. I mean, I started enhancing my training, if you will. And um, I decided I needed to do it for something greater than myself. So that's when I planned to uh, do it for the Wisconsin 9-11 Memorial and raise funds along the way. I just figured that, you know, the trip in itself is epic and me being able to complete it as a gift. um, And why not pay that forward by drawing more attention to something that's meaningful, that's above and beyond myself. And, And that's where that came from. You're amazing, Tara. You're doing amazing things. And just even envisioning everyone that's listening to your story and how it is creating impact far and wide just beyond yourself, right? You're you're creating opportunities and you're like a living example of what's possible, right? When you give yourself the time and you allow that edge to be stretched a little bit. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for that. Yeah. 
Today's episode is brought to you by BikeFlights.com, the leading bicycle shipping service and bike box supplier for cyclists. You'll enjoy low costs, excellent service, and on-time delivery with every shipment, and you get preferred handling for your high-value bikes, wheels, and gear. As a brand built around a love for the outdoors, they are committed to reducing environmental impact, and every Bike Flights shipment is carbon neutral. Join the nearly 1 million cyclists who have used bike flights to ship their bikes, wheels, and gear with confidence since 2009 and see how easy it is to book, manage, and track all of your shipments. Visit bikeflights.com forward slash warm showers today for more information and to book your shipment. Now back to the show. So did you meet resistance in your family and community when you started planning this like longer, longer journey? Well, it's, uh, from a resistance standpoint, um, if if folks didn't know me, um, they'd be kind of, you know, they'd look me up and down. You get the uh, typical, um, I say stereotypical look of, hmm, you don't look like someone who could bike all the way to Washington, <laughs> D.C. Or, like, you know, yes. and I'm just like, oh, yeah, well, well these hips can move. Like, yeah. don't let it fool you. Yeah. Um, but, you know, so you'd get that. Um, lots of concern for safety. Uh, folks are like, oh, my gosh, like, that's dangerous. Um, you know, that's that's not right. Or the biggest one that I just absolutely hated was, I can't believe your husband's going to let you do that. And oh, just, my. Oh, my. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, you know, he doesn't have to let me do anything. But, you know, okay. Um, so those were the types of uh, comments that I received um, from my family, my my. I say my African, the African-American side of my family, because I am married to a white man. So like, I suppose I should explain that Uh, that side of my family is very concerned about me as a black woman going out um, into the world, if you will, and traveling through very uh, diverse and non-diverse areas. And they're concerned for my safety. Um, And then there's, you know, the white side of my family who knows that I do this all the time. Like I cycle all by myself, like, long days. The only difference is that I'm sleeping at night um, Mm -hmm. in a different location. And so I try to um, give those folks a visual and I say, hey, you know, when I get up in the morning on Saturday and when I bike all the way down to the lakefront, have lunch and bike back and I'm gone for seven hours, are you concerned about me? No, because you're close to home. I said, well, just imagine that I'm sleeping at home every night, but that's literally all that I'm doing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And did you stay with primarily warm showers along your journey on that trip? Uh, Yes. So um, it was planned out that way. My first um, eight days was warm showers host. Mm -hmm. And then... I hit an area where there weren't as many um, near where I was cycling to, like my my route. And I just wasn't willing to deviate that much because I didn't have the time to allow for it. So um, I planned um, a camp, like a wild camp in those areas. Mm. And it turned out that I met people who knew people. And I literally only stayed in a hotel twice. Wow. Yeah. yeah, that's amazing. Tell us a little bit about your most interesting experience with a warm showers host along the way. Oh my. Uh, so there's a couple and 
gosh, I should have written their names down. Uh, but it the interesting thing about them is they had started something called the Michigan 24-Hour Race. Their names are the Obermans. It's Diane and Skip Oberman in Michigan. And um, they started the Michigan 24-Hour Race from inception. And they drew thousands of people to their area just from their passion of cycling and trying to allow others to like meet their, uh, their best ability as it relates to how long they can cycle and how far they can cycle mm. within a 24-hour period. So um, that family was just phenomenal, not only for having created that grand feat, but when I walked in, I was showed that I was welcome. I was greeted. I was showed where I was going to stay, where I could take a shower, where I'd get my towel and all of those things. But the thing that was said very like... Matter of fact is dinner is at 6.30. Don't be late. <laughs> like mm. that was the plan. That's what Diane told me. And she proceeded to cook and cook and just let me roam about the house and do my thing. And at 6.30, she told me she had a few friends that comes over on Monday nights at 6.30. And like she had a table set for 12. And her community or her home is open to her family and people that she's met along the way. And they all know if they're ever in the area, 6.30 on Monday nights, you come to their house and you eat dinner and you're welcome. And that was the, that blew me away. I mean, I saw... Uh, grandkids come over, a neighborhood gal that Diana Skip had helped along the way. Um, and just to know that things like that still exist in communities and that is like all the love that they had to offer was not just harvested, it was just shared and it reflected off of everyone who showed up to eat dinner. Um, that really... Um, stood out in my mind. And it's something that I took away. It's something that I'd like to introduce to my family. It's like a standing open invitation for um, just communication and feasting. Like, you know, things happen around the dinner table. So it's to kind of take a moment and slow down and do that again. Like if I'm ever in that area, I'm going to go there. Like those folks are on my Christmas card list. They were just so cool. And they were sharing the energy that they had with the world. And I mean, it meant, it meant so much to me. And you can kind of tell um, with the stories that were happening around the table that they remember and they were just like, oh, like, how, how's your new job going? And, you know, so these people are connecting with others and that's going out. And I just thought it was beautiful. So that's, that's one of my most interesting. That's amazing. Hopefully you'll share this show with them and how much they impacted you so they can oh. feel the, that impact. Yeah. Amazing. Absolutely. So what's next? Is there a plan for another tour, another trip or hosting? Like what's next for you? Yes. So I am always open to hosting. I'm listed as active on the site. Uh, one of the challenges is I'm very far from any trail around here. Mm. Uh, so it'd be like a, you know, 20 mile hill climb to get to my place. So I don't get a lot of requests, but, um, for me, what's next is I've always had a passion to visit supper clubs in my area. Uh, the supper, supper clubs. clubs are a huge thing wow. here in Wisconsin. Um, and they're judged by very particular things. Uh, cheese curds, uh, their salad bar, and their brandy old fashions, right? So I was like, I love all of those things. <laughs> I love supper clubs. 
what if I visit them on my bike? Because that's something Mm -hmm. that I can do more regionally. Like it wouldn't require so much uh, time off of work. Um, And so I've already established my very first uh, Southeast Wisconsin regional supper club tour. That's going to include nine supper clubs and take me about six days. (laughs) Uh, Okay. So that means you're going to see more than you're going to go to more than one supper club on three of the nights. That is correct. Um, Actually, I have to go to more than one on five of the nights because most supper clubs are closed on Monday. Wow. Now are these... Okay, wait, we got to talk about the supper clubs because I also love all those things. (laughs) And I I mean, food is like my love language. So wait, are these like businesses as supper clubs? Are they residential? So they are uh, businesses. They're uh, your standard restaurant. Any good supper club is going to have a selection of German food, a good steak, a great bar, and with their specialty being varieties of old fashions. Mm. Um, And then their salad bar, what they have on their salad bar is like a big staple and you have to appeal to the German and American style of food. Um, and then it's the service. There's always something quirky about, you know, a supper club. Like they have their own niche, you know, above and beyond all of those things. So um, around here, it's like, if you can visit as many as you can, you're supposedly going to have the greatest experience no matter where you go, but it's going to be just a little bit different based on the region. Um, so we have about... Uh, just over 70 supper clubs in the state. Wow. Yeah. And uh, some of them are far out there. And then there's a couple of areas where they're kind of clumped together. Um, But it's a traditional place for for folks to go with family and just have a good time. So are you chronicling this on social media or on any of your accounts where people can come and follow you? I will. I will. I am um, going to, I'm trying to find a, a new, find a new way of vlogging because my old way was too long and it took too much time and I wasn't able to keep up with it, but I will definitely vlog on YouTube. I've vlogged all of my trips up until this point there. Uh, T Guns Adventures is my site, um, but I will track that. And then I'm also trying to figure out a way to like make a, a bike bracelet like mm-hmm. so that if you have the bike bracelet and other people like I'm going to try to map it and then that way allow other people to follow it or take recommendations and go to different separate clubs and and then try to do it on their bikes. So I'm kind of like paving the way of making the routes in the different region. Uh, it's like my own internal little project. I think that's amazing. And we will happily share all of the links in the show notes so people can follow along. And um, I know a lot of people that do their vlogging with video, like on Instagram or TikTok now. So you may be able to tap into those audiences too, because they're shorter videos and maybe not as much time as the way you've traditionally created videos. But yeah, we will happily continue to share and and, and post what you're doing because it sounds super amazing. Outstanding. Thank you so much. Well, Tara, this has been wonderful. I'm so glad to have you on the show. Thank you for paving the way and setting an example of what's possible for everyone else out there that maybe is still feeling a little uncomfortable. And we so appreciate you sharing. 
Outstanding. Thank you so much. And I just want to say, I really appreciate you constantly saying uh, what's possible because that has been the mantra for me. Like literally that book that I told you I wrote is called Finding My Possible. Mm. And my podcast is actually called The Possible Project Podcast because (laughs) all things are possible if you believe in yourself and if you believe in uh, the fact that you can do it, Mm. then it will happen. That's so... That's just so interesting that I keep using that word and I didn't necessarily know that that was the name of your book or your podcast. Yeah, I love it. I will make sure to include the links to everything in the show notes and you are welcome to come back and talk about the supper clubs. Maybe we need to do another show to talk about um, bike touring and supper clubbing. (laughs) Yes, I'm down. I'm totally down. (laughs) Wonderful. Thank you so much, Tara. Appreciate it. Thank you. Bye-bye. We'll be back. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you enjoyed the show as much as we enjoyed making it. Wherever you are listening, please leave us a rating and a review as it helps us reach more cyclists and hosts around the world. Visit us at warmshowers.org to become a part of our community or on Instagram at warmshowers underscore org. If you would like to be a guest on the show or submit a question, please make sure to email us at podcast at warmshowers.org.